Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of V Brown Bag. Uh, tonight, we are continuing with our um, uh, our thing, uh, <laughs> our commitments episodes yes. for December. Right. Yes, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, and this evening, we are very excited to have Mr. Matt Brender uh, talk to us about um, curating. Excuse me, hold on one second back, curating a group of people that build tools together. Um, this evening, uh, our hosts are going to be myself and Jill Jubinski, who is brand new. Hi, Jill. And Ooh, hi. Um, please get in on the conversation. Um, if you Twitter hashtag vbrownbag, we will be paying attention. And for the people that are live in the audience, use the Q&A forum, and we will make sure that we get all of your questions to Mr. Brender. Um, we are also at our end of the year giveaway, so if you go to V Brown Bag, click on the blog section and look at the first link, you'll see that we have a ton of awesome giveaways um, from all of the sponsors for V Brown Bag. We've got some really, really fabulous stuff in there, which um, I cannot uh, put in for at all. So, um, you know. Wow, wow. Um, and uh, as I said before, this is Commitmas. So if you hashtag V Brown Bag or hashtag Commitmas, we will be paying attention to it on the back end. And we are very excited once again to have Mr. Matthew Brender. So let me turn it over to Matt, um, make presenter. Show my screen, exit my email. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone see my screen okay? Yes, we're good. Fantastic. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to a, a third year in a row of commitments. I can't believe it. Um, so I'm really happy to be presenting a little bit of what I've learned um, as somebody who curates people through open source tools and through GitHub. Um, but I'm definitely sticking with the commitments theme, so we're going to do a quick review of the history of the project. And uh, I'm going to give as many tips as I can without being boring. Um, so there will be a few, and then we'll get right more into, into questions, and then I'll point directions where we can keep in touch if you have specifics. So agenda, I want to look at commitments actually as a case study of uh, curating people, because it's really interesting to differentiate what you see as somebody who might be interested in the project versus what happens behind the scenes and what inspires us to keep going. From there, we'll go over some, some principles that I find truly important to, you know, keeping your energy up in open source and in any, really any project that you're curating multiple people. Um, so where do you start when you're thinking about open source and contributing? Um, how do you lead people once you find a tribe that's, that you want to be involved in? And then how do you sustain the momentum? So let's start with what's right in front of us, commitments. Got a little calendar in front of you starting in December 2014, and there's going to be two sections to it. Above the line is going to be what you see. So basically, what have we done? What's been noticeable if you've been following this? Um, below this line, I want to tell you what made it happen. So who are really the inspiring um, or uh, catalysts to, to making us continue to do commitments the way we have? Just a couple years ago, um, I had a goofy idea to uh, make a pun about commitments, uh, about Christmas and about commits, and get it started as gitness, and then commitment sounded better. Uh, and I just wanted to gather some friends and talk about learning to uh, 
the basics of coding together because uh, version control is such an important element to stepping forward into anything that where you're treating infrastructure as code. And I come from that sys admin background, uh, despite having some computer science to me too. Um, and I'm really passionate about all of us moving forward and seeing that every bash script that we've ever written and every little Perl snippet can go into version control and can make us, we can be better at what we do by using this. So a few of us got together and the whole goal was to have a streak. It's for 12 days straight, the 12 days of Christmas, we were gonna commit and push some stuff to GitHub uh, together. It didn't have to be useful, it just had to be consistent. In the background though, I don't think this would have happened if it wasn't for a community member, uh, Josh Cohen, a V Brownback contributor as well, um, starting up a Slack group and starting to invite people to it and getting us to, to start having that communication channel where we could start organizing both publicly and privately, publicly through, through Twitter and privately through the Slack channel and start asking those questions day in and day out and realizing we have like a space to come together. So fast forward a year later, uh, this crazy idea comes to pass where the V Brown Bag is gonna host 30 straight days of presentations for all of this December in 2015. Um, and Jonathan Frappier and, and Rob Nelson absolutely made this happen. Uh, they they loved the idea of commitments and they had the time to do it and I didn't. Uh, and they took ownership of it and ran with it and made this happen. Um, so that was in the foreground. In the background though, you might not have seen that that sneaky, sneaky uh, sensei, Cody Bunch, uh, <laughs> lit a fire under all of our asses on GitHub. He commented on, uh, he opened an issue on the original commitments GitHub repo that ended up getting 60 comments um, of people being like, yes, this can be a bigger deal. This, this does need to be something that invites far more of the community together and continues it. So if it wasn't for Cody, um, I don't think, uh, I would have continued any sort of commitments idea. I thought of it as just this fun one-time thing. And I know it inspired Jonathan and Rob to step up and really lead this community forward. So I think that's an amazing uh, understanding of how this continues. Now let's, let's look at this year. We have five teams that are all focusing in and looking to communicate and collaborate together uh, on a lot of infrastructure as code, automation tools, as well as some scripting languages. Um, but Again, behind the scenes, uh, I gotta give it to him that Taylor uh, Regan tweeted, the, the first presenter of this year, and I highly recommend you go review his presentation. The first presenter of Commitments this year uh, was asked to present because he was the reason that we did it at all. We were kinda uh, floundering around about whether we were gonna do something or not do something, and he tweeted at me and I'm like, you know what, we really should, what are we gonna do? And then again, Jonathan and Rob stepped up and ran with it. So I think there's something really special about uh, looking below the surface of what keeps us moving forward and what the momentum is. And it really, uh, it starts with just a cheesy but very true note that it's all of us. It takes a, a huge village of people pushing forward in order to keep learning. And also it, it matches a need that we all need to see, keep learning how to use version control so that we're, we're ready for whatever comes at us next in the IT world. So where do you start as you're thinking about this? And I'm really gonna get back to basics here because as exciting as all the different tooling and teams 
is of 2016 for commitments. I want to be that guy that goes rah, 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 let's remember our roots here. Because when somebody says to me, be a little uh, pessimistic for a second, I'm learning Git to contribute to open source, uh, what I really see and hear is something along these lines. And if you read through the not-so-subtle hints here, it says, help, I'm trying. <laughs> but what's a method to get, I feel dumb. Uh, because we uh, continue, and the inspiration of this entire project, but also we continue to do so, the, the misappropriation of what it is to learn version control from what it is to learn the markup language for the version that you put in the version control markdown from learning a particular scripting language, from learning a particular framework on top of the scripting language. And before too, too long, we're learning about 17 different things at once, not knowing which one's which and why my head hurts and why you feel so dumb. I certainly have felt dumb more times uh, than not in the last few years playing with this stuff. So my first major tip, uh, if you're looking to get further involved and less ashamed of what you aren't doing, is focus. It's a, it's a boring, plain old term. I don't have any pretty gif or anything here. It's just focus. Uh, so what I, what I mean by focus in this particular context is understanding the separation of these tools. Git and the syntax of Git isn't of itself another interface that you have to understand and uh, be comfortable with the basics of in order to it, uh, for it to be a gateway to bigger projects. So it's not learning to code. You're not learning to code if you're playing with commitments and you don't know Git syntax yet. You're just learning Git um, because they're not the same things. And one of those things that, uh, it feels trivial, but I no longer feel stupid saying it because I have so many smarter people than me complain about it as well, that Git is not even learning Markdown. Markdown, while not super complex uh, in reality, it's challenging to understand the nuances of it and to write it without looking at uh, the, the cheat sheets that are online every single time you're trying to, to link to another page. So remember that these are all separate goals. And there's no shame, and it's actually even encouraged uh, to separate out those goals and start seeing them as separate entities. So my method to do so, um, which has really been about a five-year project and going, to be totally honest, is to move from learning Git and only Git to then using Git uh, as a way of committing markdown to projects. So writing documentation on GitHub effectively is what that's been, to learning to contribute to other projects while learning markdown. Because markdown is not something that's so easy to get the first time. So, um, so you'll start contributing to projects, you'll see a documentation issue and the project is open source, so you know you can go contribute and fix that typo, you can fix that incorrect syntax, um, but how do you do that? You have to first un unpack these layers. And last, and very last, is to start digging into some of these coding um, skills that you may or may not want to be picking up. Now, you don't have to work all the way through this to add value to your day-to-day -day life and to your coworker's life. But if you do want to get to that fourth layer, you have to work your way there. Uh, if, or you're you know, smarter than me. But if you're finding yourself frustrated and confused at times, it might be that you're misappropriating how challenging each one of these pieces are. Um, so when starting, uh, start simple. I have... Our, the very first repository I made on GitHub for myself is just called playing. 
and here's some commit logs from playing. It's it's absolutely ugly. It's uh, it's something I would never ever ever do on a project I wanted to really contribute to. But I also didn't know what I was doing yet. Um, so what I would do is like put a text file in there. I'd drag and drop uh, an an image and put it in there, and I'd practice. You know, git add dot git commit dash m message, git push, and then I'd probably learn that I didn't set up my remotes correctly, so I'd end up on Stack Overflow and trying to figure out what a remote means for Git. Um, so just working through that in a playground, give yourself the playground, give yourself an ugly no-holds-bars repository that you will smash on now and again. There's no shame in that, and it's really helped me in the long run. And I still go do that if, the, if I have to figure out you know, a more complicated thing now, and I don't want to screw it up in a place that's important. I'll go rebase like crazy in an old repo and not worry if I have to blow it away. After you get past that point, you're at the choose your own adventure stage. So you, you feel questions. confident about the basics um, of, of Git. You have an understanding of Markdown. Um, and now you're like, you know what? I really want to contribute upstream to a project. There are some really cool things out there, this open source thing. Um, whether you're checking out what's the projects coming out of VMware and, and Dell EMC, or whether you're excited about Docker or Kubernetes, or you want to um, hang out with me on a project uh, that we're doing at Intel called Snap, there's a lot of places to choose. Um, so the, none of them are bad ideas, actually. Like uh, every single one of these communities, every single one of these projects has a growing number of people that want to contribute to it. And there are people like me who are putting a ton of effort in their day job. They're very fortunate to put time in, in their day job to help you contribute back to them. So just pick one. Uh, you, you absolutely can and, uh, and understand that like, picking one doesn't prevent you in the long run from going somewhere else. But it does put you down a path where the further you go down a single path, the more skilled you'll be. The further you go breadth, uh, the more you know, well-balanced you'll be, but not deep. And you have to choose your own adventure there, what type of engineer, what type of skill set are you looking to acquire? And uh, again, a cheesy thing, but somebody I will always quote uh, and be thankful to quote is uh, Tolkien, who, uh, who recognizes that just because you are wandering around to different projects and looking at different things all the time, that doesn't mean you're being ineffective as long as you focus on the principles that you're trying to learn and keep applying them over and over again. Next step for me, um, you've got a good basis yourself, and now you really want to see if you can scale it by leading other people. So just a few tips that come to mind, um, in particular, is uh, nothing has been more important to me than visualizing the work. Uh, I find the more ideas I have trapped in my head, the less likely it is that anyone can contribute. Um, because I have made myself a bottleneck, and I've prevented anyone from having the same vision as me. Um, so the more I can break work down and share that on some sort of Trello board, or GitHub now has projects, or even just putting them in issues on GitHub on a repository. Um, and then the last icon is for Waffle.io. Before GitHub did this stuff, Waffle made a Kanban out of uh, your issues. Um, but visualizing that work, putting them in columns, uh, that gives you an opportunity to start distributing out work and allowing other people to be part of that story, part of that vision. Um, 
So I, I find that uh, particularly Kanban methodology of visualizing work and optimizing for throughput as opposed to busyness of indiv individual people is really effective at scale. Um, so a lot of terms in there, but like now that GitHub has projects out of the box, I would just start there and really start uh, adding to your backlog and recognizing that every single project, every single repo on GitHub is iterative, so it's always okay to have backlog. And then once you have some backlog, you can start asking for help. And help is a wonderful thing. Uh, it's, it's both a vulnerability to have to be somebody asking for help, but it's also an excuse to, to connect people to a bigger project. Um, so recognizing that every time you ask somebody for help, you're also giving them an opportunity to help you, which will make their day. And if they do so, it'll make your day. Um, so I think uh, asking for help, especially in an open source community, is not only expected, but it's appreciated, especially if you make it easy and even fun to help people. Um, the tool that comes to mind for this is uh, what GitHub has with labels. So the project that I'm a, a maintainer of is called Snap, and we have a few different labels on there. Uh, it's a plugin architecture, so we break out what type of plugins you might want to create, and we created this concept of a wish list so that we put it out there into the world, like these are a bunch of plugins that people have asked for that we're not committed to making just yet. If you want to make it, that would make somebody's day. And we play matchmaker between that. You'll see one label that's common between us and the Kubernetes project by Google, which is help wanted, which is becoming um, a very strong convention in open source to recognize that this is work that might either be uh, you know, not a priority or easy enough to do that we want somebody else to do it so that they can get their feet wet uh, with the project. Also really like on a project as massive as Kubernetes, uh, which has tens of thousands of issues at this point because it's, there's so many people that are excited to use it. Uh, four new contributors is an amazing tag uh, to look out for because you'll find the, the little low-hanging fruit documentation issues and user issues that you can get involved in. And you can get your code committed into these massive, massive projects in just a little amount of time if you start looking at the right labels. And you have the basic syntax of git and, and pull requests under your belt. So OK, now that you feel more comfortable leading people, you've given a few ways that they can lead, how do you, as an individual that by definition doesn't scale, how do you sustain that momentum uh, without exploding? Um, I find I spend more and more of my time designing guidelines than I do fixing issues. Um, and it's not out of lack of desire to fix issues. I think it's really fun when I ignore the world for a day and just code something that's cool. Um, but I find I am most effective when I'm focusing on a few documents that allow other people to see our shared vision, know the basis of why we exist, understand how to contribute in a meaningful way, and have an understanding of what is our goal. Uh, what is the one goal that we're after uh, and why and allow them to choose to either see that see themselves in that goal or actually say like you know what that's cool and all but that's I'm not aligned on that goal so I'll go elsewhere um, all of these are important because at this point uh, it's not a field of dreams adventure out there in open source um, just because you built it in open source it doesn't mean anyone will come play with it or use it or help you use it uh, because there's so many uh, projects out there. So I think focusing on these guidelines and helping people contribute is really important. Um, one 
example that I use as a call out here um, when it comes to mission statements, which can be an awkward thing to tackle, is that I think HashiCorp nailed it years ago with their, their DAO of HashiCorp, which talks about why they think the tool chain that they're building is important to the industry. And if you read that and you're inspired, then you're probably going to go try to contribute to their open source projects. And I think that's a brilliant method that I would like to see other uh, major initiatives, even the V Brown Bag, doing. Because uh, a shared vision can lead to distributed, um, distributed leadership because people all know that we're, we're aligned to the same direction. And then the most practical tip of this entire deck is to reduce your noise. Um, as soon as you start getting deep into GitHub, it's kind of like the first time you use Twitter, where Twitter by default will, will email you every time somebody tweets you and email you every time someone follows you, which is nice at two people, but it sucks at a thousand. Um, GitHub's very much the same way. Like when I was first starting, like having an email every time an issue was opened up was kind of exciting. You're like, oh, people see my things. Now it's annoying, um, but it's not its fault, it's mine. So the one rule I absolutely live by is make this notifications um, mail in whatever inbox you're using. So I filter out everything that's not tagging me specifically into a subfolder that doesn't go into my inbox. So only the emails coming to me from, um, from GitHub that have my username or I also have another filter based on, we have a, a shared maintainer um, tag that we use that we want to monitor. I make these filters in email because whether we like it or not, no matter how great Slack is, email is still king um, in these situations. So uh, reducing the noise is the only way I've been able to sustain participation across multiple projects at once without just hating everything. And uh, last on the how to sustain is to be thankful, um, and that, that goes both directions. Be thankful when somebody is thankful to you, and if you're a maintainer, um, always, always assume that people are doing things to help, um, and that the, everyone's interest is to be thankful uh, and to help a broader community. Um, this is a thread from, I opened a pull request on Homebrew, which is a really great package management pro project for, for Mac OS, and without, I mean, I was kind of nervous because the first couple pull requests I've opened on some projects I've gotten stomped on where people are like, no, this is useless or you did this wrong or something like that, and that happens. Uh, this team was just so thankful. Uh, they merged it, I think I even had a typo in it, and they just merged it and fixed it themselves after, so they didn't make me rework it. They were just super, super kind uh, and really excited. Um, that I had taken the time to work on some documentation for them. And I am so appreciative for how appreciative they were that I, when I have free time in my day, I look through their backlog to see if I can maybe fix something. Um, and I think that positivity that you can bring to any community will, uh, will sustain it for the long run, and it scales far beyond an individual. So in conclusion on that front, Except that no matter how thankful you are, or how good you are at leading a community, uh, you will be hated. You will be hated for things that don't make any sense, and, and you'll hate people at times for reasons you don't understand. Uh, but just accept that it's kind of part of it because 
open source is a lot of humans, and humans have emotions that occasionally go off uh, all haywire on us, uh, just like just like Vader's in, insides did sometimes. Um, but I'm, I'm losing my thread here. Uh, but uh, just focus on the positivity and uh, you'll, you'll get a lot of value out of this. So that was the, the major part of the presentation that I wanted you to take home. But there's one more thing in a kind of Apple-esque kind of way that I'm um, of the, the Jewish religion and I started a project called Commitness that's focused on <laughs> Uh, more of a, a Christmas theme, and I've actually wanted to to do something about that from year one, but it just kind of had a life of its own. But I'm seeing a need this year, so I, I thought about adding a little extra layer on top of the commitments uh, community by asking Bubby. Now, for those <laughs> now for those that have not been around as many Jewish people, uh, Bubby is a, a Yiddish term for your grandmother. And uh, oddly enough, this exact doll is on my desk at work, thanks to Nicholas Weaver. Uh, he bought this for me, and it's adorable. And it inspired me to think of how do I scale Bubby. Uh, so I, I want to side note for a second. I know about this because this product was on Shark Tank, and I'm super obsessed with Shark Tank. <laughs> <laughs> this is on Shark Tank. <laughs> yes. I'm actually so ordering one right now. 19 bucks on Amazon. <laughs> It's worth every dime. I'm buying it right now. <laughs> you would be proud. Are you okay? Michigan? So, so um, for Hanukkah this year, I'm gonna uh, spin off a little sub project called Commitmica. So in our Slack channel, um, in our Slack team, there's gonna be a new channel called Commitmica, and every day from December 24th to January 8th, the eight days of Hanukkah, um, Bobby is gonna remind you to share code and to focus on the basics and to focus just on Git and a little bit of Markdown, but really just get back to basics. So if you want to be, uh, you know, adorably nagged by a Jewish grandmother uh, throughout <laughs> Hanukkah season, join that channel and play around with my really terribly coded Slack bot, uh, but also just get back to basics. Um, and I was thinking of this because I don't want anyone to feel intimidated by um, how in the last few years we've we've grown in scope and scale, and I wanted to bring it back and center it back into just getting a streak on GitHub and getting that muscle memory put together. So if you feel like you could use some more muscle memory and getting back to basics, play along with Commitmica this commitment season, and uh, you know let's get multi-ethic up in here. <laughs> so with that, <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, happy to take some questions, or always happy to, to talk over Twitter and Slack to help out further. All right, so let me uh, pop up. Um, Mr. Mr. Cody Bunch says hello, uh, and it sounds he says it sounds like you just volunteered to write the Tao of uh, the Tao of V Brown bag. Um, not not a not a question. <laughs> All right. It looks it looks like the um, uh, the attendees uh, are not hitting me up with any questions. Um, There's some twittering. Yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> like I said, Co Cody's uh, definitely doing his thing. Um, <laughs> cool. Um, uh, Jill, uh, do you have do you see any? No, I don't see any questions. I. I have a, I have a question though. Hmm. Um, Go for it. 
So as someone like in myself, like in the technical community, but I've never coded before, like obviously you talked about intimidation factor a, a bit. And so even like doing things on GitHub like seem like a, a large hurdle. So where do you point folks who are just like have like I'm in an interesting position because I have a pretty good understanding of technology, but I just like can't do any of it. Um, so like where do you point people from that regard? How do they get past that barrier? Yeah, yeah, the fear factor is huge. Um, yeah. And I think uh, I don't, I sadly don't have a, like one place where I just say, let me, let me point you there and it'll all seem easier. Um, but I do want to point out one feature that I really like about GitHub lately. So let's go to some project at work on. And uh, let's say you find a typo in this readme file. Um, so we click on the readme and you're looking at the readme and you're like, you know what this really needs? This needs to say Jill the beginning of it, just because that's just always the right answer. Um, <laughs> GitHub has uh, a wonderful feature these days up here and, and gives you a rich text editor right in the, in the GUI. So you can uh -huh. just click edit this file. Um, so it looks a little weird because the syntax is marked down, but you can navigate it easily enough where, okay, I'm like, all right, this is where I wanted to say Jill, so I'll type Jill. Um, and now I can actually commit that message right here. Um, so because I own this repository as one of the maintainers, I can commit it directly to, to the main part of the project, the master branch, or I can create a new branch and start a pull request right now. So that means without touching a command line, I can do all of the GitHub interactions with uh, a document without uh, having to understand exactly what's going on, but there's a, a couple terms I need to know still. You still have to understand the basics of the branching and pull request functionality, and you still need to not be terrified when you see a doc that looks like this. <laughs> um, both of which are very solvable with, um, oh man, where did I put that? There's a really, uh, there's a really good way of doing that from, but that popped up on the commitmas repo. Let me find that while I look. Commitmas 3, I'll leave this page without messing things up. The bottom of this, there's a few tips. I think get the simple guide. If you just scroll through this very visual simple guide to get, mm -hmm. um, I, I find like you'll, you'll be comfortable enough figuring out the basics. Oh, that's cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And this definitely has more of a command line view of the world. Um, but, yeah, so maybe I could find something better. This is the best one I've thought of because I like the command line. Um, and that's more for the ops people that have been more focused on, this would work. Um, but yep. I think as much as you can do right in GitHub itself, the easier it will be. Cool. Well, yeah. this is not this is not a question, but there is a comment from someone who said, "Great job!" and then like twelve exclamation points. So, <laughs> the viewers are loving it. You are you are killing it, Matt. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. All right. Well, since there aren't any other questions, I did have a little too long didn't read to this presentation where. Um, just reinforce the principles that we were putting in place like when we started Commitmas a couple years ago, 
which starts with admitting that you're trying to learn too much at once, and that's why it's really, really hard. Um, <laughs> and then complement that by patting yourself on the back, recognizing that you can learn absolutely anything you want to. No one was born knowing no JS. They just suffered through it longer than you have. Um, and if you want to, you can too. <laughs> uh, and if you're wondering where else to start to really dig into it, I highly recommend looking through the V Brown bag. Um, YouTube videos of commitments in the last couple years, especially last year, there's such an amazing lineup of people explaining how they use Git on a regular basis. Um, and then reach out on Slack, which is a URL I didn't put up there, but we, uh, we have it in the GitHub uh, repo, <laughs> which I don't have up anymore either. So um, under commitments, if you search commitments, we're pretty much the only one, but there is one other thing that pops up these days. I don't know if anyone else noticed from the, uh, the thread that Michigan <laughs> University football started a commitment. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> this week. <laughs> I think it's great. The more the merrier, right? Right. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, so I hope that's really helpful for uh, people to wrap their head around if they're trying to figure out how to scale their participation in these projects and recognizing that, you know, it really does take a village and the history of these is, is mapped by people just raising their hand and saying, I'm interested, how can I help? Um, so never fearing that and recognizing that you can make this up and go for it and you have an army of people behind you the whole time. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, Matt, thank you very much uh, for taking the time tonight. This was this was uh, very informative. We appreciate it. Um, yeah, thank you. Cool. Uh, and a, a lot of a lot of people saying thanks in the uh, in the um, in the Q and A form as well. Uh, go blue <laughs> as well. <laughs> cool. All right, guys. Have a have a wonderful evening, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Have a good one.